For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL Draft Analysts. Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. Today we are going to be wrapping up our positional previews for the 2021 NFL Draft and that means we're talking quarterbacks which is going to be a very very fun discussion as it is the most important position in sports and hell right now there is so much volatility at this position Maybe not for you guys, for, for Ryan and Alex, but overall, there's a lot of differing opinions out there on where they think certain people fit, especially with Mac Jones. We're going get, to get to all that. Before we do, though, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The Masters are here. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds that you need, and it's the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up. Head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, let's start talking quarterbacks. And the first category that we have here for our discussion is West Coast quarterbacks. We're talking quick game. We're talking about guys that are consistent on hitting short to intermediate routes. Ryan, who, and for anyone who doesn't know Ryan that well, probably could have guessed this one. Why did you pick Davis Mills? Why are you so high on him? Let's hear it. Well, so for when we're talking West Coasters vertical system, West Coast, we're talking about short crossing routes. We're talking about moving laterally opposed to vertically. So we're talking about quick game. We're talking about being accurate and being very advantageous and urgent in drops and getting the ball out of your hands quick. So a guy like Davis Mills, for me, when we're asking, if you ask me just straight up, who is the best with quick game in the 2021 NFL draft class? I would say Davis Mills. He gets the ball out of his hand very quickly. He has very urgent drops. He has quick feet. He gets the ball out very quick. We're comparing him to guys like Justin Fields, or Trevor Lawrence, or Trey Lance, like the top of the class. For me, those guys have all the tools in the world. They're very strong-armed passers, but they're not like the guys where three-step drop out, three-step drop out. Like They're more improvisers. They're more guys that take longer drops because they have the ability to stretch the field vertically. So Davis Mills, for me, that's what he does best. Get the ball in your hand quick, be accurate, quick, be quick, be, quick, be decisive, three-step drops, get, get your playmakers the ball in their hands. Yeah, Davis Mills is a really interesting evaluation because, you know, especially at the quarterback position, but this is, you know, across all positions when when evaluating is you try to take them out of their situation. And Davis Mills probably had one of the worst situations out of this quarterback class. Offensive line did him no favors. 
no running game to really hang its hat on, and receivers would drop the ball like crazy. Even Simi Fioko, who is the the big uh, wide receiver target from Stanford, dropped problems every single game. Davis Mills really had a, to do a lot with little, and in only a few games with the Pac-12 schedule, he didn't have too much time to really – showcase what he has before declaring for this year's draft instead of taking another year. But Davis Mills, when you try to take him out of his situation and say, what did he do with what he had? He did really well. And Davis Mills, I think me and you both are higher on him than the consensus. You especially, you're you're the, the leader of that uh, hype train. Um, but Davis Mills, yeah, super interesting. That's where he get, that's where his bread and butter is, is that quick hitting RPO, uh, get it out of his hand quick, just like you said. But for me, I'm going to talk about Justin Fields. Uh, this is someone I'm high on, have been throughout the season. We talked about him constantly throughout the co- college football season. And though we had a couple, you know, a couple bad games, good, bad showings throughout the middle of the season, he, you know, boosted his stock right back up at the end of the year. But West Coast offense, I think that's where he's going to be the most successful. I think, you know, quick hitting stuff, getting that rhythm in, timing routes. That's what he did at Ohio State, you know, moving left to right. You know, uh, Chris Olave, that's where he got a lot of his uh, his work was on the crossers and such. So, Justin Fields, you get, you get the quick game out, the short game out early, move that defense in a little bit, and then take the deep shot. That's what he did at, against Clemson. That's what made them so successful in that semifinal game. I think that's where Fields is best served. All right, guys, let's get to something a little bit different than West Coast, the complete opposite of that. We're talking vertical fits, and I had you guys clarify this with me before the show. We're talking about guys that are good at stretching the field, not necessarily the guy with the biggest arm, but guys that can play well within an offense that is known for spreading out a defense. So, Ryan, you're going with your guy that you've been supporting since the very beginning of the draft cycle. You've been talking him up, and I still stand by the fact that I think that this man is going to slide maybe more than people that, that, that we're hoping for and that is going to be one of the biggest mistakes of this draft so ryan why'd you pick trey lance so we're stretching the field vertically so you're right that does not always mean that you have to have the strongest arm that means that you have to have touch down the field you still have to have anticipate anticipation you're just working more in five to seven step drops than the three-step quick game so you don't necessarily need the strongest arm but i did pick the guy who i do think has the strongest arm in the 2021 nfl draft and for me he has did more than a few bucket throws in 2019 where like you kind of hold your breath for a second and you, and you kind of question how far can this guy throw? Because <laughs> the ball is just up there forever and just seems to go 70-plus. Talking about Trey Lance from North Dakota State, who is a fascinating player to talk about, and he has been for a while. 17 career starts coming out of the FCS. I would say that he's probably the only redshirt sophomore to ever declare. Like I keep asking people and I just have not, never heard anybody bring anybody up. Like I, for me, I don't think that anybody's ever done that feat only playing one game in 2020 and their showcase outing against central Arkansas, which of course is not a good indicator of the talent that he has. But when you see, and you talk about the vertical stretch offense. Okay. we talk about the Kyle Shanahan wide zone, play action off of the wide zone, the ability to threaten the ball vertically opposed to horizontally like a like a Kyle Shanahan offense does because it's a little more West Coast based. But off of that vertical stretch, being able to test the ball deep, I don't think there's a more gifted passer in the draft than, than Trey Lance. I think that he can touch the ball anywhere he wants on the field. He has quick feet, but man, that arm is really what stands out to me. The athleticism that he has 
he's the most natural thrower, I think, in this class. And that's that's where I think he kind of fits best into that vertical-based system. Yeah, I've been talking, you know, with people just casually, you know, outside of, of Twitter and outside of the podcast talking about this quarterback class. And I always come back to saying Trey Lance, I think, has the best physical skill set in this year's class. I think when you combine athleticism and that arm strength, I think from a physical gifts perspective, Trey Lance is the number one quarterback in this class. There's some question marks about level of competition and how long he played, you know, one season of starting outside of the one game in 2020. You know, how much can you bank on that? I'm a big Trey Lance guy as well. Uh, Fields, obviously, I'm a bigger on, so Lance for me is QB3. Uh, but I definitely think, you know, get him in a vertical system, let him show off that arm, stretch the field vertically, get those linebackers to back up, and then you get to utilize his legs. I think that's just a match made in heaven uh, there. But I'm going to talk about, God, just the, the one of the best deep balls as well, and the best deep ball, in my opinion, that's Trevor Lawrence, someone that's still developing, really, I think, the touch down the field which is just scary to think about because Trevor Lawrence is already a rare, rare uh, college football prospect making his transition. And he still has some development to be made, you know, regarding the touch, his touch down the sideline on, on those nine balls. It, that's just what he does. This is what makes him so rare is you don't have to have much separation. You tell a guy to get one yard of separation down the football field and Trevor Lawrence has the arm, whether it's a five-step drop, a three-step drop and let it rip, he can do it all. He just has the arm talent. To stretch the field in there's no, there's no place on the football field you know you talk about this with Patrick Mahomes there's no place on the football field that Trevor Lawrence can't reach and that's really that's what's so true and that's true with Trey Lance as well so both of them definitely fit this category as someone that you get him getting the ball deep you open up that defense opens up the run game this th- that's what you want in a quarterback my favorite thing about Trevor Lawrence is he's just been on the cutting edge and been on the mind of everybody for so long people can't accept sometimes that like he's still has development to go he's 21 years old Mm, like he's not a finished product he didn't play four years in college can you imagine how good trevor lawrence is going to be when he's 24 years old when he's filled out that frame when he hits that potential like i just think that some people take that for granted that like is he a generational quarterback yes in my opinion is he the best to come out since andrew luck absolutely can he get a lot better Absolutely, which is the scary part of it. Yeah, he's yeah. not a finished. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's he's not a finished product. There's, like I said, the development that he can have on his touch and his ability to read defenses. We talk about it with Justin Fields all the time. Trevor Lawrence, you know, hasn't been tasked too much with with post snap reads, and that's just a testament to his talent. He doesn't really have to. He says, "Okay, I'm I'm going for Justin Ross's play, and he's going to put it into a spot where Justin Ross can get it." So we're going to get to our next category, which is going to be developmental guys. Before we do, though, I want to talk to you folks about Sunday Scaries. If there's something you don't know about me, guys, it's I don't relax well uh, with my crazy life. It's just hard for me to shut off my brain and chill and. I tend to overthink, I get easily stressed out, and it sucks. So I did my homework, and I found Sunday Scaries, which are a delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummy. They've become a must-have in my daily routine, and they chill me out in just about 20 minutes. Basically, they help me take the edge off so I can maintain my composure and live scare free. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers you a 100% lifetime money back guarantee if the product is not for you. That's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is the in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. 
I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code Roberts for your discount. Again, that's promo code Roberts. This is Ryan's code. So I did find out this is the code that we're supposed to be using uh, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing and you won't regret joining the squad. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit of developmental guys. And oh, shocker, Ryan put down Davis Mills again. Let's... (laughs) Just repeat what you said already and add anything extra here because, you know, we we probably could have guessed this. I'll I'll keep it brief, okay? This one was actually close to me between um, Brady Davis from Illinois State, who I have taken a big liking to, quarterback out of um, Illinois State that was originally out of Memphis, who I think has a very strong arm and he's very talented. But I needed to put Davis Mills down here just because everybody always wants to reach for a quarterback on day two, that day two quarterback, that developmental guy. If there's anybody in this year's class that I think is that guy, I think it's Davis Mills. Because we talked about it as a negative with Trey Lance. He's only started 17 career games. In a first-round conversation, that makes you uneasy. That makes you a little hesitant. But for a guy that is projected as a day-two to day-three quarterback, the fact that he hasn't played a ton and you still see a lot of talent is actually a good thing. It's a positive. Like, oh, I see glimpses of that. He just needs further development. He's not a finished product, nowhere near. So a guy like Davis Mills, with the quick timing that he has, the accuracy that he has, the size that he has, I think he has a good arm. I think it's plus arm strength. I think he's a very solid athlete. I think he hits all those measurables. And then you say, and he's only started 17 games. So it still hasn't hit the, the ceiling yet. He still has a lot of development to go. Is it that many? What? I think it's like 11. I think it's Is 17. It I could be wrong, though. Oh, okay. I Is that so. the number? I thought it was 11. But that's still, to your point, I mean, Davis Mills, that's who I would have put for this situation, for this superlative two. If my mind hadn't gone day three guys, you know, I have a day two grade on Davis Mills. I'm right there with you as far as this guy just has all the tools. You got to take him out of that Stanford situation. That was such a bad situation for him. And he has so much further to go. Former, what, four or five star? He's a five star. Yeah, five star. Elite 11 guy. You know, had the recruited high recruiting background, went to Stanford, and he's had a couple knee injuries. But aside from that, you know, his trajectory has looked good throughout his career. Just hasn't had too much time with the the COVID season we've had in 2020 to really uh, showcase what he has. And that that bad offensive line as well doesn't help. But for me, you know, like I said, I was going day three here, and I only have two day three quarterback Oof. grades. Wow. Uh, th- th- this is this is yeah. This is gonna go to my point later in the show towards the end, but. One of those two is Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, someone that I've just never really seen it with um, because there's a lot of people over the summer last year because he was he was someone that we were watching, keeping an eye on in 2019 for the potentially the 2020 draft. But Kellen Mond, he's got a lot of talent from a physical skill, skill point standpoint, but I, it's just the inconsistencies for me. But this, you know, at the end of the day, arm strength, uh, played SEC branded football at a decently high level. I mean, he top 25 team he kept that top 25 team in Texas A&M for for most of his tenure there he's a three four-year starter uh in Texas A&M so he's someone that I'm fine with taking on day three one of only two guys uh Jamie Newman being the other just guys with with a good physical skill set that I I can bank on at least being an adequate backup 
And this is going to go to my point later on, but we'll, we'll that's, get to that's that. That's Josh Dobbs 2.0, and I know how much Alex <laughs> loves Josh Dobbs. So Josh Dobbs, <laughs> that's my Alex's guy. boy right there. They have a really great relationship and rapport. Joe, can I throw one? <laughs> my dad, my dad is going to love the Josh Dobbs song because he loves that story. Joe, can I throw one other guy out of here real quick? Just real quick, I promise. I hate, yes, go ahead. All right. We, well, we have, we have an interview coming out with him pretty soon. Donald Hammond III, who is a quarterback out of Air Force, okay? I know mm-hmm. this is going to sound a little ridiculous. It's fine. 6'2", 220 pounds, playing in a triple option offense. But I'm telling you that this is not your typical triple option quarterback. This kid has a very strong arm. He's a good athlete. He just ran 4'6 at his pro day at 6'2", 220 pounds. Has a very strong, accurate arm when he's in rhythm. His footwork is all over the place because he played in a triple option offense. Now is uh, being being uh, trained under Quincy Avery, who's a renowned quarterback coach who works with Trey Lance and Deshaun Watson and all these great quarterbacks. Just a guy to keep an eye on because it's it's a atypical situation, but I think he has some traits to maybe be developed down the road. So there you go. Well, that's that's definitely an interesting one there that I never thought I'd hear in Air Force quarterback. So we're gonna get to our last few uh, superlatives here. Best athlete is the next one that we have. Before we hit that, though, I want to talk to you about Kanon. I believe that's how you pronounce it. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really have very good sunglasses, and I can tell you Kanon is exactly what I need. And it's time for you folks out there to make your outdoor experience better with Kanon. Kanon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They are made with Japanese optics that make them uh, make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger. What, Alex? What are you wearing? <laughs> you just You're completely derailed the read. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Oh my God, I was not expecting that. And Italian handcrafted frames uh, that are impossible to scratch. Use their exclusive code KanonCast15 at canon.com to receive a 15% off on your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canon, clearly better. All right, let's keep pushing along here with these superlatives. And I think this one's fun, and I put this one in here after some suggestions from Alex. I think that this is a good one to hit on, is the best athlete. Because when you have these quarterback classes, there's always going to be guys who are much more consistent of uh, passers, and they build their careers on that. But there's other guys out there like Lamar Jackson who are phenomenal athletes, Kyler Murray, that kill opposing defenses with both facets of their game. So, guys, if we had to pick our best athlete of the group, seems like we keep naming the same dudes. But, Ryan, you picked Trey Lance again. Why'd you pick him? Well, I picked Trey Lance and not steal uh, Alex's thunder, to be honest. But it's funny because for me, it's Justin Fields and Trey Lance are the two guys that we're going to talk about in this situation, right? Both incredible athletes, both roughly around the same size. Trey's a little bit taller, but both physically put together, physical runners. So it's really pick your poison. We didn't get a 40-yard dash time on Trey Lance. I'm assuming it would have been somewhat close to what Justin Fields ran, which was a ridiculous time. But for me, I just looked at... Hey, I know Trey's fast. I know he's super shifty in the open field, but I also know that he's a very tough, durable runner. So when you put all those facets together, that's why I picked him as the top athlete. 
Yeah, I mean, there's only two guys that really fit this category if you're talking best athlete. Though the top four quarterbacks with with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, someone we haven't really touched on and much we're not today. Going to. And they're we're not all going to. Yeah, it, that, that's fine. That's fine. They're all good athletes in their in their own right. But the two by far is Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I I obviously put down Justin Fields, uh, being the Justin Fields guy around here. But um, you know, the four 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 forty just solidifies what we already know about Justin Fields. He kind of had the bum ankle. So I think people were kind of sleeping on his athleticism this past year because he was kind of struggling to move around at times this year uh, in the pocket and, and and scrambling as well. But Justin Fields, Trey Lance, they're both uh, guys that, you know, if if everything's covered up deep downfield, they can tuck it and run really, really well to the highest level. And I think it was just it was right that we touched on them, too. And what they can add from an athleticism standpoint is that's just becoming such a nice commodity to have at the quarterback position in the NFL now. Yeah, I, I think more and more we're getting to a point where athleticism has, and you keep hearing it, everybody keeps talking about this, is that you need guys that can move. You need athletes. And that's part of the reason why I am so perplexed and I think that you guys are so perplexed. Why people keep talking about, about Mac Jones, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And that's... Yeah, that leads transition. right into guys that we don't get. And Ryan, I'm leaning in perfectly here because I don't get it. Look, Mac Jones was a great college quarterback. He played on the best team in the country with the best receiver, the best running back, one of the best offensive lines. It's impossible for a guy like that to mess up. He has everything going for him. But you're telling me a guy with his arm limitations and his athletic limitations is going to succeed on a bad football team in his first few years? It makes no sense to me. So pick Mac Jones apart as much as possible because he's not good. He is going to be the dumb pick of this year's draft. Somebody is going to take him early, and we're all going to be sitting here like, why did you guys all hype him up? Because that's what you get. Well, well, Joe, usually uh, quarterbacks that are picked higher end up on bad teams, but if San Francisco picks him at three, then yeah. it's not a terrible situation. But I, I picked Mac, It's and again, this is relative to how I graded players, right? Like we always talk about the, you know, cool the Jets a little bit on some of these guys. Quarterbacks are going to rise. If Mac Jones went on day two, second or third round, I would say, okay, that's fine. I understand. I get it because he is an accurate, cool customer in the pocket, consistent. It's fine. I get it. Teams need that at quarterback sometimes. I understand it. New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers, those cliche quarterback fits that need those types of quarterbacks, I get it. I understand it. I accept it. But then we're not only talking about first round, which is too rich in my opinion, any spot in the first round. Now we're pushing it up into the top ten. And now we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers may have traded their pick from 12 to go up to number three and give up two future first-round picks to pick Mac Jones with a third overall pick. And I am sitting here when there will potentially be Justin Fields and Trey Lance on the board, and you're telling me that a team in the year 2021 is going to draft... Matt Michael McCorkle Jones <laughs> over Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I cannot accept this. We have come to the conclusion now that when you look at the best quarterbacks in the NFL in today's era, let's throw out Tom Brady, who's 44 years old for a second. The quarterbacks that are the best now and developmental players and the guys that have turned 
this era into this dual threats, off scripts, off platform era of football, you're telling me that teams are going to draft Mac Jones in the top five. No I shot. can't accept that. Yeah. Can't accept Yeah, that. see, see, I'm higher on Mac Jones than you are. We were talking pre-show about Mac Jones a little bit. I'm fine with him. You said day two. That's the grade I have on him. I have a mid-day two grade on that. him. I definitely don't think. Yeah, and I and I know you're fine with that. I'm fine with, because it's at the quarterback position, if a playoff team, you know, that's quarterback's about to retire, you know, maybe a Pittsburgh or I'm just thinking off the top of my head, team, you know, the Saints, one of those teams that, you know, back half of the first round want to invest in their quarterback of the future and that's, that's your guy. I'm fine. I'd be fine with that. So I'm a little bit, uh, more lenient on where Mac Jones can go. I think his best spot, though, from a success standpoint, is San Francisco. The only problem with that argument is it's the best spot for Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and any other quarterback in those top five, or you know the the, the consensus top five, not Ryan's top <laughs> five. That that that's where they're going to be successful. San Francisco has everything in place to be successful at the quarterback position, and. The only problem I have with the Mac Jones number three to San Francisco problem is, is why would you trade up to the number three overall pick to, to get your quarterback of the future and take someone who, from a physical standpoint, isn't much different than what you get in Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. They're very similar in that regard. Why wouldn't you, if, if Kyle Shanahan is the offensive guru, the quarterback guru that he is, why would you settle for average physical traits when you can get some of the greatest you know some of the better traits we've seen in the in the at the quarterback position coming out of college football in the last few years in Justin Fields and Trey Lance and if you're such a quarterback guru you should be able to develop those two players whose upside is so much more and that's why I think this is a smokescreen I don't think Mac Jones goes three I I I, if if he does I hope not I really (laughs) it'll be a day that will be a day but I, I really don't think so. I think at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan is a very, very good quarterback mind. And I just can't see a world where that front office agrees that Mac Jones, that, you know, average athlete, you know, not average athlete, below average athlete, average arm guy, is the guy when you have these super high upside guys that you feel like your head coach can develop. So I'm fine with Mac Jones. I'm not as high on him as top three or anything like that. I'm fine with him. For me, here's my don't get it. And I kind of alluded to it earlier saying I have two day three grades at the quarterback position. It's I don't understand why you draft late, late day three quarterbacks. I don't I don't Who's get the it. other quarterback you have if besides Bond. Jamie Newman. Yeah, Newman physical physical skill set. I could you can warrant him being a backup quarterback easily. But if you, if I don't see a range of outcomes where you are going to start valuable snaps for me ever, then what's the point of even spending a draft pick on them? I'd rather bring in a linebacker or a corner or a safety or an offensive, a depth offensive lineman that at least can be a rotational guy because at the quarterback position, one guy plays at a time. And I understand injuries happen. But if you're not. In this year's class, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman, who are my back half uh, draftable guys at the position, I don't want you even being my backup. Shane Bichelle is not – I don't want Shane Bichelle to be my backup. (laughs) I don't want Sam Ellinger to be my backup. 
I don't want Ian Book to be my backup. Oh. So my thing is, we've we've seen only, seventeen only, only Joe quarterbacks. Wants Ian Book is a backup. Ian honest. Book is right. a future starter. <laughs> okay, in the last in the last five NFL drafts, there has been seventeen quarterbacks taken in round six and seven. Mm-hmm. Only one of them has mattered Who's ever. Garner Minshew. Wow. And 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 here's my thing. Even when Garner Minshew, he outperformed his draft position, like he became a steal as a six-round pick. But at the quarterback position, if you're not transcendent, if you're not taking the team to the next level, you're just putting the team in quarterback purgatory. You're just making them average. I don't understand why there are rounds five, six, and seven. There's no reason there should be a quarterback taking those rounds. Well, that's my point on Mac Jones, though, too. It's like, okay, the Carolina Panthers, right? Carolina Panthers, we're going to draft – Mac Jones, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, my, my, my train of thought just went wrong there. Okay, so the Carolina Panthers say, I'm going to give Teddy Bridgewater 20-something million dollars a year, whatever it is. For what reason? <laughs> what was the reason for this? Because you got yourself a quarterback purgatory because you're like, ha, huh, he's okay, but he's not good. So we're... Right, I, I, just, I, I don't understand it. It's the same thing with Mac Jones. Like, you're going to draft Mac Jones, and then two years from now, you're going to be like, ha, huh, he can't make our guys better, and then we're going to get closer to where we have to pay him twenty plus million dollars a year, which means that he has to be a transcender and he has to make players around him better. But he can't. What are we doing? Well, here, I mean, my my only thing with that is, I think you, I think you can build a team around Mac Jones to be pretty good. I you, I, I and that's where we're going to disagree on the valuation of Mac Jones. I think if you put playmakers around him, guys that can separate, Mac Jones is accurate. He manages the pocket well. He's consistent. All the things you said. If you can put it in Justin Jefferson's hand, you know, I'm just using Justin Jefferson as an example, as he, you know, was had such a great year last year. If you have Justin Jefferson's and Stephon Diggs is around the football field, much like he had at Alabama with the the separation that he was able, his receivers were able to get, he can be successful. Garner Minshew, we got the best case scenario, and he is the best day, late day three quarterback we've had in five years, and we got the best case scenario for for a late day three quarterback, and he's just a below average quarterback. At my the end of my the day. only rebuttal to that would be Mac Jones. Okay, so you're drafting okay. a kid in the first round. I know you wouldn't do it. This is just what I'm saying. Right. So you're drafting a kid mm-hmm. in the first round that you don't want to give a second contract to because then you're handicapping your roster development and you're allocating too much funds in the quarterback where you can't pay Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs. That's a good that's a that's a great argument, but the only thing I have with that, the best time to win a Super Bowl is when the quarterback's in the well, rookie contract. Yeah, so you got to win in those 5 uh, years. <laughs> you got to win in those 4 to 5 years. How often does that happen years. though? Pat Mahomes? Like who how often does that happen? Russell Wilson? Oh, yeah, true. Okay, all right. You got one there. All right. All right, let, let's wrap up now with... Joe, relax. The it's most, okay. It'll be okay. Hey, hey, <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> not we, have, we literally have a promo code. No, 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 no. this is your show. I will have that changed. I have the power <laughs> to have that changed. I, will, I have to call Alex <laughs> after this, who's in charge of the ads. I'm going to have it changed just for that comment right there. <laughs> All right, let's uh, l- let's wrap up with the obvious one here, which is who is the best prospect in the class. And we know it's Trevor Lawrence, and we've already talked about him a ton. So let's just wrap up with some closing thoughts on him. Is what do we think he can be, and why is he the best, best quarterback in this class? Well, I, I would say, you know, 
I talked about how good he can be in a couple years. He's not a finished product. He still is probably a a revolution. I don't want to say revolution. A transcendent prospect. The best prospect since Andrew Luck. Generational. All that stuff, which I think he is. What I think, though, that is different between Trevor Lawrence and any other quarterback in this class was that I've been very vocal about is he's the only player for me, no matter what situation he's thrown into, no matter who he's throwing the football, no matter who's protecting him, I think he can make the best of a bad situation. I think he can make a team legitimately much better than they were before he got there. Guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, if they fall into the correct situation, Zach Wilson even, I'll throw into that bucket. If they fall into the right situation and they have pieces around them, they can be very good. They could be potentially elite quarterbacks if everything goes right and they develop fully. Trevor Lawrence, though, for me, is the only one that no matter what, I think that he can come out on the other side and if, the minute that he's thrown into the fire because I think he has that makeup on top of being as supremely talented as he is. And that's what separates really good quarterback prospects from – generational prospects as you know we don't like to throw throw around the word generational so much but that's what makes someone generational in my opinion is it doesn't matter the situation doesn't matter the scheme that guy's gonna be good just throw him in there and let him be good and and you made the exact point I was gonna make and that's it's that these other quarterbacks in this year's class and classes before situation matters I don't think it matters in in Trevor Lawrence's situation He's going to go in there. In in this case, in this specific case, he's going to go to Jacksonville, throw to DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, prototypes that he's used to throwing to. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, kind of that Amari Rogers role underneath guy. With the, It doesn't matter, though, whether he was going there to the Jets or to the Browns of 2017, he was going to find success in the NFL. And I, I, I definitely agree with that. He's going to make the team better day one. Well, that one's pretty obvious. I, I, I can't imagine there's a single person out. Actually, wait, wait, wait. Never mind. <laughs> Doesn't Chris Sims have him not as his number one guy? Yeah, he's he's got Zach Wilson. Ah, uh, never mind. Yeah. I tried to. Ugh, I I Chris Sims. I don't know. I I mean he he somehow has been right in the past with stupid takes like that. So I'm praying Tim for you. Jenkins has him. Tim Jenkins, I think, has Zach Wilson as his number well, one. He's a little. Too. He's an interesting guy. Uh, let's leave it at that, <laughs> <laughs> folks. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, uh, at Alex Gilstrap, at Believe Podcast, and also head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows. Thanks for tuning in. As I, as I said, folks, enjoy the rest of your week, and we're going to have two more amazing interviews coming to you before we get ready for the NFL Draft. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.